This week, I try to marry my love of Japan with football. And I plan to rip their heads off. Yaha! Yaha! I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week I am super excited to show you a hidden gem from the early days of my budding weebness. An anime that made me love how Japan can stay committed to an idea of recreating something, even if they don't truly understand it. We are going to be discussing a show that is perfect for being just 12% off of everything having to do with American football. But that small piece makes the show super fun, entertaining, and endearing. We are talking about the American football shonen sports anime, Aishiriru Nijurichi, which in English means Shield 21. But before, before we start, Garrett, what is a quick trailer of what new fans are going to be experiencing this week? Uh, you know, to, 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 to quote uh, the opening um, theme song of the show, I'm ready to unfurl my rolled up map. Uh, I hope you, you out there get that football reference. Um, <laughs> it's not a reference. This show is bananas. I love it. And I love how bananas it is. It is, as I said, it's that, it's like seeing an alien try to, to be human. And then the, like, it's like the third rock from the sun. Like, you know, it's just like Japan doesn't quite get it, but like, like it's endearing and they're really thoughtfully trying to do it this time. So, well, and what kills me is this show, if, I, I thought something in my head, and sure enough, I, I watched the credits. They did this in conjunction with NFL Japan. Right, and with to be uh, potentially a show for their NFL Rush program in the United States. So right. there was supposed to be an American audience, hence why all the theme songs had Japanglish all the time. So <laughs> we're definitely going to give the theme songs a shot, how they explain football a shot. But for those of you who are completely lost and wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, iShield 21. It's a manga that came out. Um, in 2003, it is now complete. It went for about six years. Um, and then the anime came out in 2005. And there's a very clear patina on the show. It does look like a 2000. Yes, it looks like the anime came out in 1987. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, slightly duller. The colors don't pop as much for a show that's as cartoon. The hair. Oh, the hair. Oh, the protagonist. And, and saying it has clear protagonist hair. It is like the protagonist hair, but on a Dawson's Creek level. <laughs> I can imagine like a mix between Sana and like the uh, James Vanderbeek meme of him crying. Like, <laughs> like what a big mix of that would be. Um, and uh, honestly, I just want to be the next Steven Spielberg. <laughs> that is a Dawson's Creek reference. Yeah, and if you and you know, honestly, we'll be honest. We are two men in our mid thirties talking about a show that is clearly for kids. But I think there's a lot to pull out of this show, considering that we both love the sport. We're we're all diving into this idea of anime just to see how those three two things clash. Mm -hmm. Um. In 2011, though, the show was really popular. The Japanese website Amoeba conducted a top 10 a poll of all of the best anime and manga to come out of Shonen Jump, which is like the top manga magazine there, and it placed seventh. So that's a pretty good uh, ranking for all the things that come out. Mind you, this is where Bleach and Naruto and One Piece comes out. So to be... Was, was this like the year where Chicago won Best Picture? There was like really not a lot of competition. <laughs> You're saying it's like the crash of anime. Uh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Racism is bad. No, Crash is a good movie. So uh, during iShield 21's original run in the magazine, the author, Iganaki um, Sensei, went to the United States and watched college football and national football league games he didn't know anything about the sport and despite never having played it or watched it he chose this theme after deciding that he wanted to create a protagonist that was wimpy at the beginning and then could be like really good at a sport by the end of it yeah um there's definitely a spoiler alert he still doesn't know anything about football <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he doesn't even know how to hold the ball by like episode five which is crazy to me um but Essentially, what he wanted to do was create what is known as a common Rider style, which is like, it's kind of like Clark Kent to Superman, where Common Rider is this kind of like Power Ranger, but only one Power Ranger, in mm -hmm. which he's kind of a nerd and like really dorky, but then he puts on the suit and he becomes a superhero. He wanted that to be the case of like Sena, who's very unassuming and weak, and then also he puts on the eye shield, and now he's this like mythical character. Right, Clark Kent to Superman. And it's funny that you say that, because I actually have in my notes, which if anyone could see at home, I was watching my computer and scribbling in every direction on the, my piece of paper here. Uh, but I, I wrote 
references to or similarities to Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. Right. And, it, he's definitely like Peter Parker. He's definitely like, but for the sport of football, which is not a really big thing in Japan. So it's, it's interesting, but. Um, well, well, he's, 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 he's Superman because he puts on his uniform and he gets this confidence and this strength. Right. He's Batman because so no one can know who he is. Right. He wears an eye shield, hence the name of the show, eye shield 21. Right. Um, and masks his voice by talking like this, yeah. like, like Batman. And then thirdly, his ultimate, like, has to be his love down the road, who's his best friend when he grew up. Yeah. She can't figure out who he is, just like Mary Jane in Spider-Man. So Even though like he's, like, the shortest guy in the world, and, like, there's no one that could both equally be that height in Japan. So, yeah, right. so let's, let's, so people don't get too lost. Let's give an idea. Okay, so you want a real breakdown. What's, what's a breakdown of the show? What's it about? Obviously, it's about football, okay. but, like, there's a little bit more to that. So, so our, lead, our, our lead character is Sena, and Sena, it's his first year in, I'm going to guess, high school, because we never leave. Right. And we're back in high school. <laughs> high school. <laughs> and so he, he gets into the high school um, that he wants to get into, because at the beginning, he's looking at test results that are going to be posted. He thinks he's not going to get in. And he gets in, and right next to him is his best friend, who I think is some, Mamori. Mamori. She is his best friend, has been since kindergarten. Um, and she's kind of really, like a mother hen. She's like constantly up his butt. Try to tie his shoes. She, she, butt, she, like. she hovers. She's like a tiger mom, except she's really? a friend. And, and, <laughs> and, and she protects him. And she's like, you know, I, I feel like Sana is hardcore friend zoned. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in the friend zone right, because right. that's like a misogynistic idea of relationships right. between men and women. But I can assure you that if one exists, Sana is there. Right. Correct. And um, he's that Inudashi, that dog boy in Japan. <laughs> right. Exactly. So he gets into the school and Amori is like, you got to make friends here. This is a chance to start anew. You should join a club. And he's like, ah, all right, I guess. And I don't remember. I, I blew through eight episodes today. So I don't remember exactly how he comes to find it. But he ends up going to some shack <laughs> and he like a, some shack next to the football field that yeah. Lord knows what goes on in there. It looks like a really really shady place and he's about to get beat up by these guys uh who are again he looks like he's eight and these guys who are somehow in his class look like they're 32 correct it's the it's the kind of like prince of tennis rules where like right the main character is going to look like a small child everyone else is going to like you know people in college <laughs> right so so they're about to beat him up and this big guy your your friendly yeah, Karita uh, is his name. Huh? Karita. Yeah. Yeah, Karita plays like, I mean, he's like, if you've ever watched a football movie, there's like that really big, vicious, but also gentle giant. He's the gentle giant, yeah. He, yeah he's, he's a gentle like, giant. Like, at one he, point, he bends the the pole of the thing back to, like, fix it. The first down pole? Yeah, the first down pole, yeah. Right. And so he he protects him and you know he starts sharing his joy about how he wants to do all these things in football and and saying is like he knows i'm a tiny man i i cannot play the foosball <laughs> and and so is like well you could be the manager mm-hmm. and so he's like all right i'm down with that i can be the manager hey memory told me to go join a club here i am i'm gonna join a club uh and then we meet himura who is an absolute psychopath and <laughs> i don't want to put the cart before the horse but you've got a protagonist who is very meek right very quiet has been beat up and been a gopher yeah. for other people his entire life right and he's he's trying to get out there so he joins a club and he finds himself thinking that he's going to be the manager right. or the equipment manager of uh the football team right and so hiruma is like start off i'd be like why do i want to follow this so so you got to give you explanation so hiruma is the like if you could imagine a man who is the best he looks like a bat (laughs) he legit looks like a human bat like if you want he's got sharp fangs he's got these huge like you know you know giant hair and his eyes always look evil and i love him because like before i didn't like him that much i didn't like hiruma 
but I like him more because he's just like always has a gun on his hand and he always emphasizes his point by like shooting bolts in the air. He's like, get out of there. We, we are in high school. And he's like, join the team. And he's always just like, ah! He's always doing like the Rambo shot in the air to emphasize his points. And it's always starts by like a low lull. It's like, it's like, I mean, you could be the manager, but you're even better as a running back. Ah! By the way, I love it the entire time. And I have no idea because I'm reading subtitles. I'm, I'm, right. you know, I'm watching the sub. But I'd love to hear how in Japanese they actually do this. So he wants to be the manager. So he insists on calling him the manager. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He, he, he consistently uses tough language. He doesn't respect any teachers. He knows right. he runs the school essentially because he has this, like, book of secrets that he keeps on everybody to, like, because he can't it's get like if the mean girls had guns. Yes, basically. Because he knows he can't fill the team. You know, we both know, and everybody in the United States knows that you have to have eleven people on the field to play the game, and he can barely get three or four people in a given day. So he has to use like subterfuge and like blackmail to get people to join the team. Essentially. And- and Kyle brings up a good point there when he says that in America, we all know that you're supposed to have 11 people on each side. So one device that this show continually uses and makes it very clear that one, they need their audience to understand what football is, but also that it's a part of the NFL's propaganda wing. <laughs> they do these um, little asides, like you'll be watching a show and then all of a sudden they'll say like a key word and it will say, uh, football clinic I and, love it a- clinic what happened when Ray Lewis was arrested in 2000 he was ultimately acquitted for accessory to murder and now he's in the hall of fame <laughs> and then they say a word like interception and yeah. then a little devil bat because they are the daemon devil bat is their team name comes out and usually explains it correctly except the one that i used interception they describe a fumble as an interception interception. they really muff that part really (laughs) (laughs) but anyway this device appears numerous times even so much as like at one point uh sena actually gets like chased by the devil bat explaining uh, the rules shooting the lasers at him, but they could always find ways of making it cartoony, and I love that about it. Like I love right. that part of it that it still is has like its emphasis of fun, even though it's a sports show. Oh, I I totally I had issues with um with the Prince of Tennis because it took itself so seriously. Right. I openly like chortled at so much stuff in this show. Like even when the when the when the teams face each other, they're like their mascots do like a Street Fighter like intro yeah. page. Like it's really fun. And um, so just to kind of like round out like the first four episodes and like what we learn about Sana is he is going to be the running back of the team. And the reason why that Hudema found this out was he's been a gopher his entire life so much so that he's always had to run away from bullies. And because of that. He's got this weird talent of being able to run four two forties, which is insane. Right. Like, what and is an NFL? What is like the fastest NFL in record? Like, probably like four point one eight, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Let's look. Let's look at that. NFL Combine record forty. NFL Combine fastest forty ever is oh, it's uh, it's uh, four point two two. Yeah, so he is running faster than the fastest record recorded, like, 40 times. This guy's insanely fast. He's obviously doing, like, superhuman speed and also allows him to be able to cut. So when the pressure's on, Sena is good at evading and being fast. And so it makes him kind of a superhuman when it comes to being a running back. For those who don't follow football, it's the guy behind the quarterback who generally runs the ball through everybody to get touchdowns. Right, And, and like all sports anime they recognize that the action is going to be terrible if they actually try to animate it. Right. So what you see is action still shots with strategy. So, you know, if you've ever seen a movie and someone becomes intensely focused and you get right. like tunnel vision. So when Sena starts to run, it's as if time slows down. He sees the image of the defenders, the people he has to run by in front of him. And he envisions these arrows for which way he has to go in order to get by them. And that's how they animate that. And I thought it was a cool device. I liked it. I think so too. And 
it gets more cartoony as the show goes on. So what, I'm, and then another thing that I wanted to bring up is just to round out who the characters are. Um, eventually those three bullies that mess with Sena are, they call them the Ha Ha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have this one quip that they do the entire time when they're trying to be tough. One goes like, huh, huh, huh. And it does like that for the rest of the series. So they get, they called the Ha Ha Brothers who eventually joined the team. Spoiler alert for like episode nine or whatever. So, but <laughs> it's just really funny because we're, it really highlights many of the different rules that you and I have laid out since the first sports anime. And so you and I are going to kind of run through the checklist to see if it hits the rules that we've set aside. Um, and if we decide that there's other ones, we might be able to add more. But the first rule I made in that show was it follows an underdog story. Is that a check or a no check? Yeah, 100% check. 100%. This follows an underdog story. Unlike Prince of Tennis, who was like a prodigy, this is like clearly the underdog story. The second rule, they find out that they have one skill that they are superior in in this sport. Yes. Obviously, the case was Santa. He's the yeah. fast runner and all that stuff. He's kind of like Orlando Jones in The Replacements where he's really fast, but he can't catch the ball. He can't catch the ball for snot. The third one is sports anime are spoken exclusively through internal monologue and external observers. Right. Happens, yeah. I would say everybody is constantly, would you agree, Garrett? Check yeah. off the box. Third, fourth one, love stories are non-existent. Well, I'm only eight episodes in, but I think clearly there's some level of tension. I mean, I don't, I joked about the, the being friend zone, but Mamori clearly, clearly is a uh, important character in his life and whether he develops emotions for her later on, I don't know, but uh, I'll put that as a maybe. Right. All, all movement based on the sport is almost superhero or super powered in experience, in appearance. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes. Like there's a legit part in the in episode seven or eight where he legit disappears and runs through the guy. Like that shows you what this show does. And I can't wait to go through all those with you. The fourth one, the last one we have is characters are one dimensional and are meant to fit specific parts of the sport. I.e. This is the guy who's good at catching. I.e. This is the guy that's good at blocking, yes. you know, and I would say, would you agree? That's pretty much what this show does. That's true. That's not how sport, sports work in real life, mm-hmm. but but, you know, yeah, for the sake of the show, that, exactly. And they're all one-dimensional in their archetypes, too. Like, you know, you got the fat, lovable guy. You got the, you know, they don't really grow as much over time. They just kind of get better at the sport. So, yeah, so this thing it clearly follows the rules of, um, of sports anime. But I really wanted to talk with you because you only, okay. you only got to meet one of the, like, two, two of the teams that the show, there's many teams that they face over the course of the episode. Three teams. Yeah, that three teams you got to see? Great. So this show yeah. is committed to the idea of the team mascots and the weird quips of each team reflecting the people themselves. So, like, for example, we got the Damon Devil Bats is headed by Hiruma, who legit looks like a bat. <laughs> then you get to see the, <laughs> my favorite, the Koigahama Cupids, <laughs> who I liken to the Glass Joes from, like, from Mike Tyson's punch out of teams and they're like the lover boys they're like ooh we're the cupids we have all these girlfriends they if your football teams claim to fame is that you every player brings a girl to the game <laughs> I don't think you're playing very good football right it's like I want to like them to like the San Francisco fairies from basketball yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know like that style just like they're just like the, the floaty team and stuff like that um, we then get to meet the Ojo White Knights, who are like the militaristic mm-hmm. football team. They're the best. For the kingdom! Yeah, and they all have little, and like, I love, like, there's so much that I was typing when we were doing show notes, because this show is just extra everything. Every team has their own chance, so yeah, Garrett referred for, to it before, the Damon Devil Bats are the, rip them to shreds, yeah! And the, and the Ojo White Knights scream, glory to the kingdom! <laughs> and like, stuff like that. So we, I'll, I'll run through the rest that we get to. We got the Zokugaku Chameleons, and Garrett, you can tell me your thoughts on these, has a guy, their lead guy has long spindly arms and huge hands, and he has a tongue about the size of a chameleon. They're like, it's like there's no subtlety whatsoever. Uh, We're just no, going to hit you over the head with a mallet. There's a team called the Tayo Sphinx, who legit dress up like Egyptian people. The quarterback is the pharaoh, and they're the one. It's like a pyramid. They like the line is the focus of it, so they elevate the pharaoh, who's the quarterback. Well, so in in episode, so the second game that yes. the the Damon Devil Bats play, 
it takes like four episodes yes. against the Ojo White Knights. Yeah. And there's a team in the, the crowd that is scouting yep. them and they're all dressed like Buddhist monks. Yes. And one the is Shinryu- a white guy with dreads. <laughs> it's, they're called the Shinryuji Naga. Mind you, all these characters are supposed to be Japanese. And they all dress, they dress like monks or like, to have a really Japanese theme. The Tayo Sphinx has the Pharaoh and they're all based on like having a strong line, which is good in football. Then there's the uh, NASA aliens, which is the American team that comes to visit. Why are they playing in the same league? They just come to visit and show football. Like they're like it's like a, a exchange program. But there's no town or city. They're called the NASA aliens. Like like NASA sponsors an American football team. I don't know why. It's in just... in high school, maybe they're a Texas football team. I don't maybe, know. but we get to another team called the Yuhi Guts. And they're all... Do you, you have it? <laughs> you, we guts. <laughs> now over to Mo Quirk. These team names are wild. Then there's another team called the Cebu Wild Gunmen, who are all cowboy-themed. And the, and the quarterback is constantly, like, tilting his hat and, like, walking like this towards everybody. <laughs> oh. And then, there's, then, then you meet the Shinryuji Naga. I could go on and on, but basically... All the teams are cartoony. Like, whatever your mascot, it would be as if you and I, you and I went to a high school in which the mascot wore the Indians. It's yeah. very offensive term. As if we walked around all day in headdresses and, like, and so stuff like I, I don't know. So, while football might not be widespread in right. Japan, baseball is very widespread. And I don't know, like, the all the team names. I know some, like, the Tokyo Giants are pretty, right. like, standard fare. Um, yeah, there's yeah, also, yeah. like, the Nippon Ham Fighters. <laughs> yes, so, like... Wallows or the yeah Wallows and uh, the Buffalo yeah they they'll think the names it's kind of like our names in baseball like the White Sox there's nothing necessarily you know crazy about those names but but it's as if everybody walked around with white socks on all the time and they just went through their daily lives dressed with white socks it's that similar conceit for this show it's like they commit to the the team name like crazy yeah Um, I mean you know there's no I in team so if you're the White Sox you're all wearing white socks. Um, another conceit of this show is that it tries its very hardest to explain football. I want to see the first question that the show is going to ask for both of us is, does this show explain football well? In like the first, because the first few episodes is really heavy in the terms. Do you feel like you would, if you have never seen football before, this explained it to you a little bit? You know, God, that's, that's really hard. Yeah. Because, so the best way I can liken it is a lot of, people out there listening, um, mm-hmm. the thousands and thousands of you out there. Thousands! And thousands! Um, <laughs> there's probably a fair amount of you that like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched all eight Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. having read the books extensively and being immersed in the world of books. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times, the movies are doing their best within two to three hours to... Right give you every detail that they can. Mm -hmm. But even I would sometimes notice things that would get glossed over. And um, I thought to myself, people who who were like, oh, I'm gonna go see the new movie, but they've never read the books, they had to get lost sometimes because there's just nuance that if you, most people in this country, especially in the past 40 years, are immersed in football in one way or another, whether you didn't like it, but your school was good at it, or whether you're super into it and you watch it every Sunday with your family. Um, So it's kind of hard to take myself out of that and be like, oh, would I have got it? Do I think they gave a heck of a good effort? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Was I absolutely amused with some Tecmo football animation that they laid down? (laughs) Sure. but I, I'll give them a six out of ten. Six and a half out of ten for explaining. Right. And because of the shows, like the sports anime rules of like external observers and uh, internal monologues, you, you had to have like almost like complete newbies yeah. understanding it on the fly while they're playing it. And right. I that was important, even though like that would have gotten you murdered in a normal and, game. And sometimes the show gave up. And what I mean by that is like they would have those football clinic clips or yeah. they would have like detailed scenes explaining why they're doing something. But then they got to this one bit when the, they're playing, when the demon uh, devil bats are playing the white knights and there's a sideline reporter 
and her like cameraman or whatever. Yeah. And like, she goes, what's this? He's like, oh, it's one, two, three. What's this? Oh, it's ABC. And they just like rattle it off in a row. And you're like, oh, okay. That's, that's how you're going to explain it away. External, external observers. Like that'd be important information for the team to know while they're playing the sport, but they just kind of go with it. The second thing that I think would have made more sense to me to, to this game was if they had done it, but I know you can't really do that in the beginning, is that the Daemon players play both sides of the ball. <laughs> Which yeah, I remember, uh, Iron Man football. I remember when I was in high school, I started, my first year was at a Catholic school, and the school had not played, had nobody that had honestly played football before, and I had, had go ahead and gone to public school before then, and I went to public school since that. And one of the things that I remember was I played both sides of the ball for the entire game, and I was gassed by the middle of the third quarter. There is no way that you can, like, sustain Iron Man football in high school for as long as they did. So I think if they had just, like, done a better job of, like, making this person a defense versus this person offense, I would have believed it a little bit more, too. Also, something you touched upon, and I sort of said, um, when we start the show in the first episode, Mm -hmm. the football team is Harima and Karita. That's it. That's it. It's two dudes who run the football club. Right. And they're like, hey, we need nine other guys because at this point, Sana is saying he's just going to be the manager. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, when's our first game? He's like, I entered us in a tournament tomorrow. That's not how football works. Because even baseball, it's a team sport, yeah. but it's based upon individual performance. Right. Where, whereas football – there's actual plays that you run. You have to learn a lot. Like there's a lot of thinking that goes into the game. I know it's like considered a grunt sport, but most of the time, half of your practice is literally sitting in front of a board and, and going over what you're going to do. Cause if you don't have that plan and, and no one's in, in, in like in simpatico with each other, you're, you're just going to be terrible. So right. um, on top of that, you know, they're, they're, the show once again, does really crazy moves. So much like we did with uh, Prince of tennis, I want to go over some of those moves. Okay. And see if they're functioning within the uh, within the world of football, or if it's just anime garbage nonsense. So the first move that we're going to talk about, the first two you've seen already, the others we haven't yet. The first one's called the Devil Bat Ghost. It's a technique in which Sena is able to use a crossover step to make a sharp cut, sharp cut without slowing down. It makes him look like he disappeared, and he goes kind of looks like he goes through the guy. Would you say that's a relatively close... Uh, yeah, it's a juke. It's, it's, someone, it's yeah. someone who has a really great juke, and, you know, obviously they're playing it up with the whole disappearing thing. Right. But right. when you go to tackle someone, and they juke out of the way, and you mm-hmm. miss, it is like they disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, sure, I'll allow it. And if the guy can run faster than the fastest, like, combine performance, then, yeah, he probably wouldn't yeah. be able to pull it off. Yeah. The second, and I thought this one drove me nuts, was the spear tackle, who is the character Shin's basic move. You and I, I, I had the same problem you did, so you tell me, Garrett, what you thought about that. All right, so when they play the Ojo White Knights, yeah. Shin is their best player. He's the ace. Okay. Actually, he's not just their best player. The show refers to this high schooler as the best linebacker in history. Correct. Right. And he's like a no-nonsense guy. So this guy should right. know form, technique. He should know everything about football. Right. And this is his best move. First and foremost, if you don't watch football, maybe you watch wrestling. Right. A spear is a very specific thing. Right. And right. it involves diving and thrusting your shoulder into the midsection right. of the other player or the other opponent as if a spear was launched into their stomach. Right. And taking them down. Right. Shin Spear is a failed tackle in which he somehow lets you get by. And his, his um, rubber Armstrong, what was that character? Uh, <laughs> stretch Armstrong. <laughs> stretch Armstrong. And his Stretch Armstrong <laughs> hand reaches out and with his fingernails rips you down to the ground. And they're like, oh, the Spear Tackle. What? I like how you said because it is like – if I had come off the field, even if it was successful, if in my actual professional, uh, not my professional, in my high school football days, and I had tackled someone with my hand, 
my coach would have reamed me out for several minutes in front of everybody. They got this poor form. You do not – that is the last resort. If you're grabbing someone with your right. hand, that is – there's barely any strength in your hand. That's why you have to wrap them because they're – Because, no because I know Sena is really small. Right. But he has a lot of force moving forward. Right. So your fingertips – I mean, you're going to rip a fingernail right. off or break a finger getting it twisted in his jersey – trying to to bring him down like that and you're not going to bring him down because hands aren't that strong but it was it's not a spear yeah and it was important but it was important to the anime because how else are you going to be able to animate that his, he turns into a literal knight with a lance going through the opponent if you can't have his hand literally transformed into a, into a lance garrett garrett i'm seeing for those who are using this to the audio medium the medium of the just the podcast garrett is losing his mind thinking about it <laughs> It was arguably the most aggravating part of the show. Because, look, I... Also, like, if I was the opposing team, because that's another thing, is that it actually showed you what would happen if someone was tackling like that the entire game. Saying it was like, literally, my ribs hurt. I have, like, I I feel like you're breaking my ribs. If I was the opposing team and I saw a guy was consistently, like, punching and grabbing at ribs all the time and not using good form, you're going to hurt someone. There's There's a reason why you want good technique. It's not just so that you don't get hurt or that you'd play good defense so you don't injure someone. Right. And I know that my Including coach... Including yourself. If my coach saw that I was... If someone was reaching and grabbing around my rib cage, he, that's, like, that's an injury about to happen. And at least in full, high school football, they'd be like, dude, get better. <laughs> like, sure. And then another thing that drives, which is funny, and I think this is before we go on with the moves, is I love how this show makes it seem as if they're running at each other every time in like a versus form, but like just the animation between the two of them make them all look like they each ran from like 30 yards away from each other. So like they're just running and yards are just passing. Yards are just passing. And it's just like the guy's going to be like, Ooh, he's coming up on me. There's more yards passing. It's like they all started from the opposite side. Right. And came and at each other. So here's the thing. <laughs> the the da- Damon team, uh, Hiruma's a, a, a decent player. Right. Karita's a big, strong lineman, but they suck. They, they're terrible. Yeah. They're like the joke of the interscholastic league. Right. Okay, so their their strategy for this game against the White Knights is to hand the ball off to Sena every time. <laughs> that is exhausting. And and like the other team notes, like he just keeps getting faster. No, that's not how that works. So I'm getting, like, if I'm getting like uppercutted in the ribs every time I'm running, that would be terrible. Right. And he's um, playing Iron Man football. He's playing defense as well, which their, their defensive strategy was just so spectacular where they said, we, ha- we are going to have a 100% failure rate on the run defense. <laughs> and we're going to have a 100% failure rate on the pass defense. So they put in a, a goal line defense, which is if people out there don't know – you are essentially lining up your entire defense on the line, on the front of the line, to stop any possible run. And the goal, and I guess their goal is to get to the quarterback before he could throw right. it. But really, they wanted to force the throw because, again, this guy who's running the ball every single time, Sena, their defensive strategy is now to have him chase down every receiver and try and intercept the ball. I mean, pure brilliance. This is like you know <laughs> Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll. Uh, Bill Parcells level, like, uh, it's like, it's, it's truly Madden nonsense. It's just like when we played, like, it's like when we played Madden at home, like football video games and you just, you play the goal line defense because you know, your friend takes too long to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> just try to, it's like, it's like engage eight every play. Yes. So, <laughs> yep. so it's, it was, it's not good football, even though they're the best team out there. And yeah, it is a lot of like all or nothing football with the Damon devil bats. Can I just say that there was some really wonderful uh, tidbits in the show that dated yeah. it. Yeah. Um, for example, um, the the dated cell phone usage, mm-hmm. having a cell phone being a big deal. So mm-hmm. I guess that should have led me to believe it wasn't 1987, mm-hmm. that it was at least 2000. But I think one of my favorites was at one point, one of the characters calls another a butt munch. And I was like, but Munch, that's like my teenage years. That is like, yeah, ni- early, late 1990s, early 2000s, like camp talk. You know, <laughs> summer camp talk. 
So uh, the next move we're going to talk about is from the Shinryuji Naga, who are the, the, the kind of monk-looking folks. And they have this move called the Dragonfly, in which the two... The, so weirdly enough, the guy who has the shaved head and the guy who has the dreads are brothers. So that gives you... So they're related, <laughs> fully by blood. And they both act as quarterbacks, and they basically do multiple laterals between the two members. Um, as it's, but it's, So it's essentially like the last three seconds of every football game, every play. What do you think about the Dragonfly, Karen? How – I didn't get to see this in action. How do they line up? Because that seems like a penalty. It seems – it's a wishbone formation with no quarterback, basically. Is that an so, illegal formation? That's a legal formation, yeah. A legal, right. a legal more formation would be if someone was in motion. I mean, as, put it this way. If, if I was any other player on that team, I would quit. Very quickly, when I was like, these two brothers think they're going to play like like um, patty cake with each other and, and win a game. There's a lot of times where people should be questioning anybody's understanding of this sport through most of these. And I agree. And I think the problem with that is that now you have a very easy understanding of who to go after. Like, you never have to really think yeah. about it. And I hope they make that move that sound, too. Um, the next move is called, um, the pyramid line. Uh, this is the, the Tayo Sphinx, the, the Egyptian folks, and they create a literal V-shaped pyramid formation. And they, which... They ripped this straight out of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I picked this because it's, it's the flying the v. Quack, quack, quack. But this time they're going, Sphinx, Sphinx, Sphinx. And everybody's got the mascara on and everything, and they do the flying V, Garrett, as they're running. Now... Is there a knuckle puck? Hold on. <laughs> I would love it. There's a knuckle puck version. Well, actually, this actually gives me to another thing. The Cebu Wild Gunmen have what's called the quick draw pass. It's a guy who's a specialist with short, fast passes. It takes him 0.15 seconds to get the ball out of his hand, catching him in a blitz as near as possible. His throwing technique is odd as well. As opposed to releasing the ball from over a shoulder thrower, this quarterback named Kid throws the ball in front of himself with both of his hands to generate an incredibly fast spiral. So you know how, like, you cr- try to create a spiral when you don't know how to do one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, you spin yeah. the ball between your two hands. He can do that, but it's a, but as a pass. What do you think about that, Garrett? Uh, that last little portion about the spiral is complete nonsense, but prior to that, it just sounds like you're talking about those Patriot years with Tom Brady and Wes Welker, where he yeah. literally just threw to him in the flat. <laughs> without even looking and just yeah you couldn't really do like long distance yeah you couldn't really do long distance with that uh yeah. um but yes yeah, so, <laughs> so it basically turns the guy into a fungo or whatever those things are those like things that they can get out so all right so it has it takes a lot of creative license with what what is possible with uh football i think it's like if you're japanese and this is like you're really you've never heard of the sport Mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. I think it gets a, at least a passable grade to me for that. I agree with you. Like, it, it gets a passing sixty percent with me. Oh, okay, fine. We're gonna, we're gonna. Do you want me to rate these real quick? Sure, sure. Let's let's go through them. Yeah. So the devil back ghost. You give that. How much realism do you give that? Uh, well, there's one, two, three, four, five. We discussed five moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the devil back ghost is. It is the number one most believable. Got it. Okay, so you're going to be ranked this by how believable they are. Yes, number one most believable. All right. Um, the number two most believable is going to be the quick draw pass because other than the spiral thing, it's an actual play that right. we've seen run for right. years. Right. Years. Um, number three, I'm going to give to the pyramid line. Okay. One, because I love the Mighty Ducks, but two, because um, that's what – you do on a kickoff return. Right. Yeah. Is you exactly. create a wall in front of your guy. Right. Um uh four will be spear tackle because okay. it's a tackle, even though it's absurd. And the fifth and most unbelievable is uh the two brothers playing hot potato. The dragonfly uh, because it's an of offensive you. strategy. <laughs> so but you know that's actually not bad comparison to what we learned from Prince of Tennis. It's actually not that bad. Um, and Great. so, yeah, so before we get to the rest of the show, I also wanted to give space to my other favorite part of this show, which is the music. I love that it's meant for kids, so I'm not going to give it too much, you know, go too much guff. And I also want to admit that it fits our 12% off theme in that it's, these are the most Japanglish 
songs I've ever heard in my entire life. And, but they always gave, made me smile when I listened to them. So I, it's like most of the time I'm skipping songs because I watch so much anime that I always do like, and I listen to it maybe once or twice, but I always let it go through at least half of the way just so I can hear the ridiculous Japanglish of it all. So what did you think of the songs? I was like, Garrett, you have to listen to the songs. So I'm, I'm hopefully you'll take a moment uh, right here to play this sample uh, now. Got it. Uh, but there was a part, and I'm gonna bastardize this, uh, where I thought they sounded like the B-52s in both the lyrics, where it was like, the blazing sun looks like melted sherbet, and I'm a loser who's gonna drink it up. <laughs> but if you will allow me, Garrett, because I will be playing this still, is... <laughs> I actually like practice it so I can sing it on the podcast <laughs> because like so imagine yourself you have the four main characters Sena, Kurita, Kurita uh, Yunuma, and uh, Mamori spinning around like playing cards and you're in. <laughs> and you can imagine this guy is like because there is like a people who still love the pompadour days of the United States. So you can imagine while he's singing it, he's like actually like combing his hair. He's like, like an Asian Elvis. From yes, and there's actually a subculture for that, like a rockabilly like subculture in Japan. Because he's like. <laughs> And my favorite part was like, he's like trying to fit in like a Rolling Stone because he heard that somewhere in an English song. <laughs> it's like, hi, this is like a Rolling Stone. And oh, you're right, it does say it's like the blazing sun looks like melted sherbet, and I'm a loser who's gonna drink it up. I'm just like, I did not stop every time. I'm like, no, I love this. No matter how stressed out I am, I gotta listen to at least that first part of the song. Oh my god. Oh, that makes me laugh so hard because it's just like, and I love it because the last lyrics of the song before they get to like the final refrain mm -hmm. is literally the phrase, those sentence, this is the end last lyric. I have to risk my life to play this stupid game. That is the last lines. You can imagine like they called Johnny, you know, you know, Takashi Rockabilly out. He's like, what's going on, fellas? Oh, yeah, we're uh, going to need you to play a song about uh, football. He goes, I don't know what that is. Oh. <laughs> oh. He's like, well, it's like, you know, it's like a normal show in an anime where like a kid's trying to like get really good at the sport. Oh, so he's like risking his life to play a stupid game. Oh, right on. I get it. <laughs> That's what I imagined it the way it went. <laughs> You're very committed to that character. I'm no, fan. I'm going to mention <laughs> I know that Ch Takeshi, I know he's got a real name, but I'm going to call him Takeshi Rockabilly. Rockabilly, you. <laughs> and then the first part, the opening, was no different, though, Garrett. Yeah. I love the Japanglist of that one, too. If anything, it's less ridiculous, but, like, mm -hmm. like just hearing the slightly off words, like, I find breakthrough is the first lyric. I find breakthrough. Like, I love it because it's also, I'm just dreamer. Never gonna give up. <laughs> it's like, forget all the, forget all the subject markers. We're just gonna forget all of them. I, I think someone should take the movie Rudy and dub over the song <laughs> every time you hear like the swelling orchestral, like, pieces in that film. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. And you hear like, I found as Probably we'll do it for the vidcast, so watch us on YouTube, but for otherwise. <laughs> so, it, like, this was part of the part in anime in which, uh, in which no matter how the theme or the mood of the show or whatever, if murder happened, the theme songs were always this like corny, cheery song. And you're going to find that with like earlier shows. Like there's a show called Hunter Hunter and which literally has people being murdered in several different ways. Hearts are getting ripped out. They're getting their heads lopped off. Mm -hmm. The beginning is like, Greet a good morning. Did you did it? Did it? And like, I'm like, this does not match the theme of this show. <laughs> so, and I think nowadays, I think you and I can both admit that, like, 
the music that came out in like the mid 2000s anime onward mm-hmm. they actually asked real musicians to come in not do jingles but just yeah. give their music so uh but but it's still nice to <laughs> think about all the old uh style of anime music that you have so i'm glad yeah. you, i'm glad you 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 joined me on this journey garrett um uh, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to go over the last four episodes because yeah. I think the central theme and the thread by which the show goes, as we had mentioned, the Ojo White Knights are the big baddies. They're the now in that uh, that Sena and the and the Devil Bats will have to climb. They're kind of in the same area. They're the team that's in the same division. Uh, while one guy is the terrible tackler, he's still fast and strong. He's he's literally like a man next to a baby when it comes to Sena, and. So let's talk through that system. Like, what's going on with the Ojo White Knights? And uh, let's talk about, like, what the last four episodes of the, that game was all about. Right. Okay, so the Ojo White Knights have this really uh, hard-ass coach. Think, like, uh, John Voight in... Um, a Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. It's like oh, John yeah. Voight in Varsity Blues. He definitely makes his uh, players get injections in their knees so that they can, like... And, like, close the curtain, like, you can't say this! Right. Um, so they're led by this like hard ass coach and they've got three primary character players. Okay. They've got their own Karita, sort of this, like Mm -hmm. a guy who actually does play both ways, both offense and defense. He's a big, burly, easily confused dude. Um, you've got the aforementioned. Much like everything, everybody has a thing. Like everybody has to have a thing in this show. They have to have some sort of quip. Or, or a character trait. His that his pants constantly come off. Yep. And he's constantly having his pants off. I don't know. He's like King Hippo. Like, he's just right. like, ah, ha, ha, and his butt showing and stuff like that. It's, you know, but yeah. So, uh, so you have Shin, who we talked about, who is the greatest linebacker in history. Ever. Ray Lewis, um, no. Brian Urlacher, forget that fool. <laughs> no, it is Shin from the Ojo White Knights. So, so he is very serious. Um, the best football player that they have. But they also paint him as being like this super studious guy. So like uh, um, at one point he he wasn't a part of any shenanigans, but he takes blame because he's the team leader. So he gets benched for the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. And so he gets to sit on the bench and watch uh, Sena for the first time play on the football field. And uh, his team's like a little baffled by this like really great player. And he just lays down these – deep observations that are like horrifically wrong. Um, <laughs> but, but like football is, you know, his life. And he yeah. has this really wonderful training montage when he takes the blame for the shenanigans and the coach is like, You're all, y'all are soft and, you know, whatever. He, at one point he ends up doing uh, handstand pushups on only his thumbs, like sweating in the dark. Like Goku from Dragon Ball Z and like just sweating yeah. the whole time. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> One to a lesser extent, I said three before, there's actually four. One to a lesser extent is the quarterback. Right, yeah. I don't know if he'll become a bigger player later. Mm-hmm. In terms of this, they just basically, they're like, hey, he's incredibly focused and doesn't make any mistakes. And he doesn't really get fleshed out in the first eight episodes. Right. Um, and then the other big one, because really it's two. It's, right. it's Shin and then it's uh, Haruto Saka, uh, Sakuraba. Yeah. And he is apparently a male model. Uh, who models for a hamburger chain? Sorry, hamburger yes. chain. And, uh, and, he goes, and he goes, This burger is a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, Sign me up, let's do it. Which, by the way, this is high school. And high school and college is supposed, especially high school, is supposed to have the illusion of being amateur. Yeah. And there's this like real, like, slimy PR guy who's yeah. like putting the hamburger chain stickers on his helmet. Like <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, kid, put the sticker on and run around with it. But but on, if if there's like two thousand people at this game, yeah, eighteen hundred of them are teenage girls who mm. want to touch Sakuraba. And they say he's the ace, if only for the marketing. Right, but he's actually terrible. Right. <laughs> And what I think you learn from this show, and, and one of the conceits of the show that I all think gives it gravitas and grounds, and grounds it in a really cool idea, is that this show tells you that, you know, in high school, that they tell you in this show that you can't do club sports after your junior year. So for a lot of these players, this is their last shot in sports. 
So if they are going to try to get to the Christmas Bowl, which is the Christmas Bowl, the, the, the finals, the, basically the Super Bowl of high school, that this is their last shot to do it. And so it does give it like a lot of like real stakes and real tears when they lose. But this, this tournament means nothing. This is like the beginning yeah. exhibition games and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, as you, say, as you find, like Shin is, becomes the foil to Sena's growth. Shin is the natural who has yet to find a rival. Sena is the guy who's just started but is exceptional at the thing that he does now. Yeah, Even rough around the edges, though. And rough around the edges. But he's able to push Shin because he's able to be faster than him, which Shin thinks there's no one faster than him as well. I mean, a, a high school that can run 4.3 so, is still insane. <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit how this plays into it. So this becomes a four-episode arc in which you said they recognize one, each, one another as their, their foe. Right. So what keeps ringing in Sena's ears is something Himura, his, his quarterback and devil bat himself, said mm-hmm. to him, which was, it doesn't matter if someone beats you a dozen times as long as you beat them once. Mm-hmm. What type of lesson is that? Because <laughs> we watched like two episodes yeah. straight where he just tries to run by him. Very minimal change in strategy, and then he gets fingertip brought down, and he just keeps trying to run by him. It's it's basically Army football where they pretty much run the same offense since, like, 1947. Yeah, and the the, the devil bats lose by, like, 50 points, but, oh, man, Sena ran by him once. Right, I think it's, like, the idea that, like, like there's this prodigy and it was like, we put the fear in you because we have actually have someone who can beat you. If he, okay. And if he just got a little bit better, he could take you out. And in, in, in a game that matters, that, like that game really didn't matter. Well, so. then I have a question for right. you, Kyle. I wrote something down and I want to know, is Sena an OP? No. Because okay. a OP starts strong, stays strong. Okay. And the idea is that they don't get beat by physicality or being better than being better at what they're good at. They usually get beat by the externalities of it, right? Yep. As I said before, it's if Sena, like if it's like if Sena, if you don't score three touchdowns, I murder Mamori, then yeah, kind of like an OP status would be given to him. But this is him getting stronger over the course of the anime just by him learning, getting better at the sport, learning how the game is played, but also like being it's like also the belief in yourself. Like if you if you if you're meek and you don't have confidence in yourself, you can't yeah. be OP. Your OPs know they're strong. Like yeah. OPs like understand it. Like one punch, uh, Saitama for One Punch Man is bored with how much how good he is and he knows it. Like that kind of stuff. But um, so yeah, the show's interesting. It has a lot of great moments. I think just like the storyline it tells is very interesting, and you really feel for this team, um, even though it's Japanese high school sports that mean nothing. Uh, so Garrett. What do you hope to learn from the show? Um, and, but the next, but before that, the first question I always ask is, would you keep watching? If you didn't have to do this show and you had like a free, you know, Saturday a couple months from now, um, and this could be a possibility for you, would you keep watching? Well, I got to be honest with you. So the next arc, so what it appears like the next arc is they, they have Sena, who is a great running back. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're now going to find a great wide receiver because mm-hmm. they need to – they are teasing that there's someone trying out for the baseball mm-hmm. team who is the master catcher, mm-hmm. whatever the boop that means. In the United States, that would not sound great. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and that kind of turned me off because I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch them assemble a team. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. Laughed a lot concept was pretty good and i i enjoyed where they fumbled it because it made it endearing right right but probably not okay okay so if you so knowing that you're not going to but if you were you you know you were to sit me sit down with me over beers and said hey kyle i want to i want you to let me know if this is going to happen what are some things you're at least hoping that you would learn from the show or that you would get out of it like, what are some mysteries? How, that- how long does it take for Mamori, the female lead, mm-hmm. to figure out it is Sena? Mm-hmm. How does she react when she finds out that the person she's talking to behind the, uh, the eye, eye shield is, mm-hmm. is Sena? How does she react? Is there ever actually any romance there 
which would fly in the face of the tenets of a sports anime. Mm-hmm. Um, as the show goes along, do they dial back the education about football portion and uh, which allows the story to de- be developed more without the clunkiness of having to explain it? I think those would be... Um, uh, does do they ever arrest Himura for his excessive use of guns on school property? That I mean, obviously say no. In fact, he gets more guns usually. It's usually like seven. It's like the mask at the end of the movie, the mask. Right. Where he's got like 1,700 yeah. guns in front of him. It's just like, nah! The one thing I almost missed on this show was the end credits come on and I, yeah. I, I would just switch to the next episode. But then I realized there was like a 60 second vignette at the end of every episode. Right. And one of them was as they open like, uh, Himura's locker and just like assault weapon upon assault weapon just like <laughs> blow into the room. So here's what I will say if I was, you know, for all those weebs out there that might think that he should give us another chance because yes, the beginning part does stretch out and like the formation of the team is a little bit slow. But once you get to the main tournament, it actually becomes a really fun tournament show. Uh, and I will say your answers do get, you do, you can get satisfying answers for all of your questions. Okay. I think. And the, when the more, when the team's fully filled out, I think is where the show shines. So, but yeah, I, but I'm not expecting you to get, well, because it's, it's, it's kind of like at this point, uh, think about the Marvel movies. How many more origin stories do you need? Yeah. And so while you're filling out the team, you're getting origin story after origin story and a lot of origin stories. Everyone has a different like superpower or skill, but the, the discovering that the people that you meet along the way, massive formula. Right. So once that's out of the way, I could totally see how they're like, Oh, now we, now we can just have fun. Yeah. And that's a good point. I think, yeah, you're right. If you have to have an investment in the beginning of the show to even make it worth it to go forward, because you're just going right. to get more like, Ooh, do they get a wide receiver? Ooh, do they fill up their line? Yeah. Ooh, they get a tight end. I mean, and, that's, a defense. <laughs> and, and that's tough because imagine now you love anime, right? right, right. So imagine if I said, Kyle, you've never seen the sitcom. It's on Netflix. You got to watch yeah, it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. And you're like, uh, how many episodes should I watch? And I said, well, it gets really good after 12 episodes. Right. You'd be yeah. like, wait a minute. I have yeah. to invest six, seven hours to, to find out if something's good. That seems like a lot. Right. I agree. And so here's what I will say to, before we get into our We the Noob score is because the arcs are, like you said, like four to five episode chunks, you can get in and out of it just because each one's based on a game. So there's very clear buttresses to each arc in this show. And I think if you can deal with that formation and kind of jump in and out of it, I think that you would still get, get some fun. So the Weeb and Noob score, once again, for those who've never heard this before, um, this, sh- this is basically not to say if the show's good or bad, but it's essentially to say how important it is to get involved in. Um, if you wanted to either continue your journey as a fan, or if you're a new person, you're trying to get into anime, how important it is to, to get to that goal. Um, and I would say for me, my weak score for this, and I love this show still, is I'm going to give it a 7.5. Now, I love this show for several reasons, but I started watching the show in my 20s where I had not a lot of time. I didn't have a lot of, like my responsibilities were just school and I could kind of, you know, D-I-C-K around all the time doing, the, doing whatever I wanted and I could invest a little bit of time into it and just have fun. It's a relaxing time. Also, like, you got to love the, the, the how off it is from the United States and if you like that kind of, like, how anime is kind of funny when it does when it fumbles a little bit on the American culture stuff, you're going to get a kick out of this show. So for me, I think it's worth watching, especially there's no really no other fo- American football anime out there. So if you, if that kind of hits a need for you, I would say go for it. It's a great show for me. I enjoyed it. And I sometimes need a little cartooniness in my life. Yeah. Um, Garrett, what would you get as your noob score? Even though I'm not going to pursue it, I give it a seven. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. I don't think it has, you don't need, to watch this mm. no one needs to watch this mm. however if you want to have a little fun mm. and if you want to see another culture kind of fumble with something that is like second nature to you uh and you like to laugh a little bit and you're not worried about like similar like tropes being right i think it's a fun show right it's if a you're fun pers- show not something i need to pursue uh but uh I, I bestow upon it a seven. Right. If you're a weeb who likes making tier lists on characters where like you like their unique quips, this show is heavy on that. So you might be. Um, 
All right. So now that we're done kind of shooting off uh, at the hip about anime and football and stuff like that, we've reached the end zone. And now we're just going to ask your thoughts. Is iShield 21 one of those sports anime that you really can dive into specifically because of how unique it is? Do you appreciate its cartooniness and the weirdness of the characters? Or are you thinking it is too amateur, juvenile, and childish for your taste? Let us know in the comments below because we really want to continue the conversation. And seeing what you've said on social media, a lot of you like this anime. Um, also, follow us on Instagram. Um, we are at Wanwa Podcast, W-A-N-W-A Podcast. And we're also on Twitter at Weeb underscore new. Um, and you can always find us on our host site at anchor.fm or wherever your podcasts are sold. Give us a review. We always appreciate it. But before we end, Garrett, what are some final thoughts about iShield 21? Uh, I mean, the show's entertaining, but it's also educational. If you want to know how to throw a field goal or kick a safety, take a gander. <laughs> I know there's someone out there that's like, oh, I really would like to learn that. Because <laughs> I mean, we're all weebs out here, you know, who knows about your, your basic level. But, um, you know, we're going to be donning our ice shields, taking a charge for people, punching each other in the ribs, and wishing you all a great see you next week. Take care, y'all.